Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode is Return to the Ivory Tower. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and I just learned something new about Greg today. We are are looking at each other on Zoom, and over his right shoulder, stage left for me, is his book. But on his, over his left shoulder, stage right to me, are a bunch of paintings. I never knew that Greg painted. And he just gave me a little exhibition of them. And uh, the one in particular, Greg, I really like. I think uh, I did not know you had this in you. Although I know that uh, your son is a very gifted graphic artist. But uh, I think we've just now figured out where that came from. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I was telling you that, uh, you know, my kids gave me a watercolor set and uh, paper and a bunch of other stuff from uh, Christmas last year. And then they also gave me, I didn't tell you this, is a, is a, a one year subscription to this site, which is a skill building site where you watch videos and they remind you how to paint. I used to kind of paint. And so I watched it and I started doing it, but I discovered something pretty interesting. And that is, you, you get in your head, right? And I was painting, it wasn't really working out right. And then, but then it clicked that, okay, I got the basics back down. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go with the flow. And if I made a mistake, then I took other paint and kind of added to it and did that type of thing. And when I finished the first one, my family came down and said, oh my goodness, we should frame that. that that's really good. And I said, really, you know, come on, come on. You're just being nice to me. But now I've got two or three that are definitely frameable and I'm so enjoying it. And I actually get lost in the painting. I just kind of, I have a picture that I, you know, there's something I want to paint and then I just kind of do it. It's so much fun and relaxing. It's a, an, another one of those things to find, uh, find some space to slow down. So, hey, there we go. Do you have a fridge? I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to my parents so they can put them on the fridge. I'm sure they have a fridge. They do, and I they would love. My dad has. He's a painter. He does some painting, and so I am certain that my 89 year old parents will soon have Greg's new drawings on the fridge. Who I believe just celebrated a significant anniversary. 69 years. Wow. Now, I'm honestly, looking, yeah, I know that's yeah. that's fantastic. Congratulations! And uh, I'm looking at uh, the Zoom picture here, and what I didn't see earlier when I was giving you a hard time was if I look right below the easel, you have one of those red cups that you use when you have a barbecue when you don't want to wash glasses, and in it, I believe, is a brush, and under that is, I think, what you use to hold the paint. Is am I right? It is. is. It is. Yes. Yes. So, folks. My co-host, co-producer in this podcast, not only is he a podcast person, he's an author and an artist. There you go, Greg. There we go. There we go. You know, and and hey, find what you love and don't worry about it being not any good. Just if you enjoy it, do it. And uh, um, it's it's and it's such a it's such a release. And uh, and no matter what, even your parents will love it no matter what, uh, you know, at least I do. 89 year old. So somebody's going to love it, you know, so just do it. And most importantly is that you love it yourself. So anybody goes over to Greg's parents place from this point on check for artwork on the refrigerator. 
Yes. And final shout out for my mom and dad, Ken and Ruth Smith. Hey, 69 years. They are a spark, really. They, you know, they are very different from each other, but love each other deeply. And really, I'm uh, honored to be their son and uh, to see them continue to shine and um, together after 69 years. 69 years. Like, woo. Well, after that, for sure, the artwork's going up in the fridge. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, let's move on here. Uh, we've both been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to usually start at the perspective of the employee and move on from there. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, uh, lessons that we've learned. And we're always going to have uh, an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think that's going to happen today, Greg. Mm -hmm. So return to the ivory tower. We are back at the office, either full-time or hybrid, and you experience some or all of the following. Everyone is back in offices. The atmosphere is formal again. The fashion show reemerges. Everyone is trying hard to be cool and informal. The intimacy is gone. No kids, sweatpants, yoga pants, or in Greg's situation, shorts, and of course, the pets. The communication isn't any better. Commuting sucks. And you have this question, when can I go home to work again? So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Yeah, you know, it's tough. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit. But the good news is that there's a lot of people putting really um, deep thinking into this. But there's a lot that aren't. And uh, and it it is different. The world is different. You know, normally habits are formed within 60 days. Well, you know, we've had 18 months. And uh, I... I I, I don't think it will return to this, but boy, if it does, man, if, if you don't think about how do you take the beauty uh, of, of this, of the good things that have come out of this and, and apply them back into the office, you're going to be in big trouble because you know what? People are used to um, a, a difference. Now there's just still, Hey, as people will still look cool and get some new clothes. I, I had some folks this weekend that were going out shopping for the first time in like a year and they bought some new stuff and they felt so good. And, you know, I, I had a couple of, uh, of uh, training sessions and, you know, I put on my suit jacket. I was still wearing my shorts, but it felt kind of good to have that. So there will be still some of that, but how do we find this unique blend and don't go back into the closed uh, don't lose the the ground. Uh, you know it's been tough, but there's some good things that have bubbled up. And and uh, if you're going back to this, man, uh, again, it's one of those things that you're going to get people that are going to be saying those last two things about commuting sucks and uh, when am I going to go get out of here? And uh, I don't like it here anymore. I think the last 18, 19 months, whatever it's been, there's been some real negatives in it. But some of the one of the positive things that I've really enjoyed in this, and it could be because Greg, I like the natter, but a lot of the meetings and conversations I've had online 
are a lot more informal, more personable. Uh, there's, we, I seem to be able to develop a better level of understanding with the people I'm talking to because we all have had to put in that effort. And the one thing I worry about going back to the office, whether it's full-time or just part-time, whatever the situation works out to be, is that we lose that. We get back to being officious and more formal. Uh, I really like uh, a lot of the people I've been talking to uh, in the contracts I've been working over the last you know, 10, 11 months. I find that my relationship with those people that I report to or that I'm working with much better than if I'd gone, you know, had to walk into a building uh, just cold and, and sit at a desk and talk to somebody. I find that when people are working at it, it's a much better environment. And that's one of the things uh, that I've enjoyed about working from home and, and working with, you know, as a contractor for a bunch of different people is that level of almost intimacy where we just have a better relationship, even though some of these people I've never met before, I've never met them in person. But that's one of the upsides of COVID, uh, of us being sent home, is that uh, if you're willing, really good relationships have developed. And I worry that that would be lost in the more formal, traditional office setting. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is that, man, you know, each of our experiences have been different. I mean, if you have kids, if I don't have kids, if I live in a 500 square foot uh, small little place, or I live in a cottage up north or a big house that I can go in the backyard, hey, it's different. But there is a lot of commonality, too. There, uh, you know, if, you know, uh, if you have pets, if you, uh, you know, if you, uh, there's just, there's just, there's, there are, there are many things that are the same and those things create bridges between us. Um, you know, the, the CEO and the, and the person who's just started, they have some shared experience and, uh, you know, you see more of uh, each other's homes even and uh, and you meet people you know whether it's uh, you're a roommate or a, or a kid or a, or a dog or whatever you know again that 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 creates a more human space uh, and um, to your point let's not lose the humanity uh, uh, within this terrible situation let's not you lose the humanity as we go back and it will be tough you, you, we've, we've talked about this on previous podcasts of even in our personal experiences where when families regather, it's awkward. Um, but, uh, but put the effort in and uh, seek to uh, find those bridges uh, and that will make it better. I really like that comment about shared experiences. We've all, we've shared a bunch of experiences, whether we're you know, the, the, the summer student or we're the CEO of the company, we're all, we all have these baked in uh, shared experiences that we've gone through. And I really do think it's, it's brought a different level of intimacy in our relationships. And, and that's something uh, I don't want to lose. And I, I don't want other people to lose as well. I hope people have had those experiences. I hope people haven't been isolated at home and just, you know, just worrying and, and being isolated and having the anxiety. And, you know, these are things that happen, but I really hope that we don't lose some of the, uh, the ground that we've gained. Mm -hmm. I agree. In this terrible time that we've all had to go through with mm -hmm. loss and everything else that's been going on. Mm -hmm. So let's get down to some common sense. What are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? Uh, and the first thing, I think it's the last thing I just said, uh, don't lose any of the gains that we've made during these COVID period. 
I agree. And, and um, I think there's a point later on, which I think is really important. And how do you understand the broader perspective of what are the things people loved? What are the things they didn't love? What do we need to incorporate as we begin this journey back into uh, the office? That's so key. Um, I, not that you'll be able to use all the stuff. You know, I always, uh, I've, I think I've said it in this and previous podcasts, this whole idea of what I call uh, uh, discovery dialogues. And discovery dialogues is where you have a topic, you have a couple of really good questions. It's clearly understood that ideas shared may not be implemented, but they will influence and you collect those insights um, and understand what those are. Because then if you can apply those to the workspace um, coming back, the best organizations are doing that so that we see our voices, our ideas in the return to office. And that's going to help hold on to those important um, gains that we've had during that uh, during COVID gains from a relationship perspective, gains from a, of, a, of a kind of a leveling of the playing field of who we are. Yeah, those focus groups or you know, team discussions. I think one of the suggestions I would have for this, and this is because I've had to have a bunch of these discussions over the years as a manager leading teams or squads or whatever, is uh, the big bosses have to participate in it as well. Uh, that humanity that we've gained, you know, having conversations, especially with really senior le leaders within the organization, to have them involved in the discussion about what they've been through as well and, and some of the struggles they've had, that share, those shared discussions, I think, are going to be so empowering in going forward with, with whatever model you end up doing. But I don't think people should lose that opportunity to sit down and just have a really good discussion because I think we're, we're going to find that a lot of us have so many things that we've shared in common and uh, there's nothing better than to have a bunch of people that you're going to be working with, uh, you know, in person again, uh, reminiscing about what's been going on and talking about, you know, some of the good things, the bad things, some of the, uh, the suggestions to move forward. But just to have uh, people sitting there and, and sharing those experiences will go a long way to healing mm -hmm. and drawing together uh, a lot of people. And, you know, as, as a leader of an organization, you don't have all the answers. You know, I think your sex, the second point on, on, your, on your list is uh, relax. It'll be interesting. You know, I mean, you know, it's a journey. So ask questions. And I love your, I, you should be a part of those discussions. Don't, um, I wouldn't say lead the conversations, but uh, be a part of them. But be willing to share your perspective. Uh, you know, I, I, I uh, usually recommend that people hold off sharing ask more questions to begin with. And then at some point, add your point, but add your point, but create the space for others to add theirs first and then add your point. And listen. Mm -hmm. But I really like the idea of relaxing. <laughs> and the next, you know, this will be interesting. You know, no matter what you plan for, the roadmap that you lay down, you're going to have to be flexible and you might as well relax and enjoy the ride. Listen, uh, take a look at what's going on, keep your ear to the ground and, uh, you know, who knows where we'll be in a year from now. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. And, you know, and be clear, uh, you know, after you have these discussions, there's such a powerful opportunity to say, okay, here is our, here are our intentions. Here's what we heard. Here's what we're going to do. 
And here's why we're going to do it. And then, you know, I'm a big believer of the whole idea of pilots. We're going to try it. Here's what we understand to date. And here's what we're going to try. And we are going to have ongoing feedback. But uh, um, here's what we need to do. And if you really are clear around intentions and why it's important, and that could include customer support, and that could include ensuring that teams are supportive of each other, having those core foundations. And if you've got values or, or kind of behavior statements or culture statements as part of the organization, integrate those into it as well. Um, and then uh, hold it loosely, because to your point, we don't know what's going to happen around the corner. How many times have people announced stuff to go through? You know, there's a really interesting thing. I think it was Apple uh, recently. There's a lot of news around this where they announced that they were going back and they announced that they, it was going to be Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or something like that. They, they announced three days a week and then a couple of days at home. And this is what it was. They didn't ask questions. Apple, who, you know, is known for investigating and asking the questions, and it blew up on them. So stuff is changing. You got to be thoughtful around this because you're right. It's going to be interesting ongoingly. And we're not going back to the past. There's no way we can do it. It's just not going to happen. So I think that's something we need to get out of our mind and just appreciate where, you know, that we're in a very different situation. We got to figure out how to move forward. Mm -hmm. Agree 100%. Right. And the next one, I think we kind of covered, but uh, it's worth underlying. Let's work together on how this will work, uh, look like. So, you know, get that feedback from everybody sideways, up, down, doesn't matter. You know, contractors, uh, uh, customers, everybody. Yeah, you know, human-centric work is something that IDO, uh, a design company, started years ago. Really, they're famous for. But all it is is sitting down together and envisioning the future. Um, and and really, to your point, listening and helping people create and see what that might look like, both in structure, but also behaviors and and guiding principles and all those kinds of things. And uh, um, I, it is just such a great opportunity to do that. And rethink the office and being separated. We've done that for 18 months. And I know offices are sometimes necessary, depending on what type of work that you do. Uh, but they're also status things. They're things that can also separate us. And uh, I've had an office and I, as a manager, I've not had an office as a manager. And I prefer one uh, that I'm in the open, but I've also appreciated the ability to go and have a quiet word with somebody or, or go to someplace to have a, a telephone conversation or a video chat or whatever it is. So uh, I'm not anti-office. I just don't like barriers between people. And if that means maybe we need to rethink that sometimes, but at the same time, taking into consideration that there's people that need concentration space, depending on their job, or they need to have a quiet word with somebody, or they need, uh, Greg, you and I have discussed office kind of architecture on and off, and I've watched way too many videos. Uh, I'm ashamed to say how many videos I've watched on this subject. And uh, things like telephone booths, there's these companies that make them, you can just sh uh, scatter them around the office. So if somebody needs to have one of those calls with a customer or whatever your business is, and I, I just think a well thought out way to, of coming back to the office, if you have that opportunity, and I'm, I'm not anti-office, I've had an office, I enjoyed having an office, I prefer to be out in the open. I'm just sorry for the people around me because uh, I'm loud. But um, 
I think it needs to be well thought out. I just don't like barriers between people talking and getting things done and having good conversations. Well, you know, the added thing is the barriers to do with COVID safety and that type of thing adds the complexity, right? But I, I, I too do uh, truly believe that what you're saying is, is the right thing. I remember uh, this is probably going back 10 years when I was at Campbell Soup. We had an opportunity to reconfigure an old office of the headquarters. And we began by thinking around how do we gather and what do we gather for? And what are the needs of each of the areas? And we did exactly what you're saying. We had mobile and modularized things that you could move around to fit the size and the flow. We had those those, uh, telephone spots, like you say, the the small, uh, very small one or two people that you could have if you had to make a private call or if you had to just go away to really do some thinking time. Just being thoughtful around that. Um, and you have to be because in hybrid, people are going to be in a different days and for different needs and all those kinds of things. So, uh, but it's it's actually an exciting time because people are shrinking their space, their floor space, but they're adapting it and spending money in a whole different way if they have the money to do that. And even if you don't, there's creative ways to reconfigure what you have uh, in a way, but start with, What's the work we're trying to do? What are the needs of those folks that are coming in and then design it appropriately? It's funny. I, uh, I was watching a video and I admit I freely watched, uh, I watch way too many videos and it was an innovation space. I think it might've been Google. It might've been another company, but one of those types of companies. And there's one person's job in this huge space. I called them librarian, but I think they're more a facilitator, but they don't facilitate the conversation. They facilitate what happens in the room. And so they'll put a bunch of people in, in this room and there'll be a bunch of problems. So all of a sudden groups will form and people start talking. And then this lady, uh, she showed up and like had a rolling table. So everybody's standing around the table. Next thing you know, she's showing up with uh, chairs for people. Then she sees they need a whiteboard. She rolls the whiteboard up and she never gets involved in the conversation. She's just watching what's going on. And then people are pulling out laptops and stuff. So she comes in with a hook. She pulls down, uh, uh, it looks kind of like a, a light stand in reverse. And there's cords hanging down. Next, you know, people are plugging in their their laptops uh, for power and for internet. And uh, there's rechargers anywhere. And her job is just to facilitate what goes on in this space to make sure that the people that are getting together and pulling themselves together to solve problems have whatever they need, like down to books and pens. This person's sole job was to facilitate the conversation, but not to actually participate in the conversation, just to make sure the resources and people were sitting uh, in ways that they needed to, that they were able to relate to one another. And I, it's probably a little too much for everybody, but in, in that, it's just an extreme example of how open the concept was and how responsive the company was to making sure that people, uh, the way that it worked out, the way that they related to one another, that the company 100% supported what they're doing. And you know something as simple as rolling a whiteboard you know, with the markers, you know, on the edge there, so people could start jotting down on it right away. To me, it was just a, a, a wonderful uh, example of what sometimes needs to happen. I love that. What went through my mind was office roadie. Yeah, uh, you know, like I mean, so maybe let's let's maybe that's a new term that we've just created here on the podcast. Like, like uh, uh, how do you um, have maximum flexibility of space? Um, and then um, have the uh, 
pieces of equipment that are flexible and then uh, have office roadies plus, you know, teach people on how to support that of, of adapting. Like, how cool is that? And I, and I can totally see that. Be, I mean, uh, see it in my head that the easy way, you know, if I have three people, we just kind of slide things around and that's what we do. But, uh, you know, if we have more, then we expand. It's very dynamic and really reflective of the fluidity of the times. Very interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think it, it's probably a little over the top for a lot of uh, business setups. But to me, it was just an example of you know, a very unique situation, a unique company, but how they responded to it and what they thought was important in this situation to have their roadie. And I love that term because I was struggling to come up with a term for it. And that's just perfect. But uh, you know, maybe we need to be more nimble uh, uh, when we mm-hmm. come back on how we're going to group people, you know, you know, COVID safety things and just all these things. Are we going to be flexible or are we going to be uh, locked down in some plan that was developed six months ago that had was not based on, you know, the reality uh, of the first couple of days when people get back? Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we haven't captured in this situation is really how how do we hold on to the emotion? We've talked a lot about physical stuff almost, uh, but how do we hold on to that emotional um, connectivity that we've we've gained over this time? So, and it's probably things like remaining curious, um, really continue to care. Like when you see people in person, you know, like, like uh, uh, remember people, check in with people. Um, uh, You know, we won't have the visual clues of the, of the uh, dog running behind to say, how's, how's, uh, How's uh, um, whatever the dog's name is, Bart doing? But but what are those things that we can do to help keep those connections in place? Um, you know, it is it is hard, but um, you know, I think we we as leaders, as managers, we need to be uh, proactive and uh, in in leading in those things. Well, I think that debrief uh, or, you know, focus group or discussion, however we uh, framed it earlier on in the discussion, I think that's the first step when you get back to that emotional attachment to to the relationship side of it. And, you know, you mentioned the dog and, and uh, I know there's going to be a lot of anxious people because you can't get a dog right now. In, in the area where we live in the greater Toronto area, uh, everybody's gotten a dog. And, and so there's going to be a lot of separation anxiety. And I'm not talking about the dogs. I'm talking about the people. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, that um, uh, we have a dog and my wife used to take the dog to work. Uh, and uh, uh, he was sick and, and stuff. And, and so when she left work uh, to help look after her folks and my granddaughter, the dog went through a huge adjustment of not going to work. So we're going to have all these people and their pets. And maybe one of the things we might see a few pets at at work there, Greg, and uh, uh, it might be the dog, but it might also be their, their owners. Well, it's interesting because, you know, there were always those firms that did have dogs and pets at, at work. They were still pretty small percentage, but you're right. Will that change now? And does that, do you have to think about that? These are all the complexities that you need to begin to think about. And, but does begin with the dialogue. Um, and then it d- begins, then, it's, then it starts with making some decisions and trying stuff, pilot, try it out, test it, see so if it, it works. So is, is, it, is this a new module in uh, 
some of the sessions you're going to be doing with companies and indiv individuals and leaders and stuff like that in your practice, Greg? Or are you now going to have to? Definitely. That yeah. We're doing a lot of this where we're actually facilitating the dialogue with uh, employees so that so that leaders can actually participate in it and helping them capture, you know, what they love, what didn't they love, you know, what's important, um, what are the key things we're trying to deliver and how will we deliver it, when do we need to gather, how do we celebrate, all those things are really important discussions to engage people in the, in the, in the future uh, situation. And again, as Apple learned, very quickly you might think you know and and uh but if you don't actually engage your people first you're going to be in trouble because it's a world of of um people are involved now uh and and it doesn't take much to do it um but you, it does take you prioritizing that we're going to uh, seek first to understand and and then build that was a really long answer to a very short question. So are you going to be talking about dogs or not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, we will be talking about dogs. I, I, I jumped off into something else totally, as, as I sometimes do. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so as employees, there are a couple of things we need to do uh, that we can do uh, to assist in this matter. And some of them we've probably already talked about, but I think let's go through this list here. Uh, this Greg is going to be awkward, uh, being in person again. Uh, I think people have this, uh, in their, uh, they're imagining it. Oh, we're just going to go, it's going to be fine. Well, I think it's going to be pretty awkward, especially when you factor in that we've probably hired a bunch of people who have never been in the office before. And, uh, I think it's going to be a new and entertaining situation. Yeah. I talked to three coaching clients today, all three of them have been in their organizations and never met their people in person. And it's beginning to start to gather and they're, they're worried actually. And I think this goes with the other thing, not only is it gonna be awkward, but be patient with folks. Because I can tell you, uh, I don't know one organization that I'm working with that isn't thinking about this, that isn't wanting to have conversation. It doesn't have an, the, the, the doesn't have an intention to do the best thing. Um, but we're going to get it wrong because it's new. Uh, so uh, yes, it's going to be awkward and be patient. And then the next one I think is really important is to, to, is to be a participant too. So talk about what you need and want. You know, if you don't share your thoughts and ideas, they might get missed. And uh, as an employee, you have an opportunity. If the company opens the window for dialogue, be a part of it. If they don't, suggest, uh, take the, take the step forward. Well, the second part of that, that statement is you have to speak up. This is your chance. And, uh, you and I have kind of alluded to it at times. If you don't speak up, I mean, you're, you're only hurting yourself and your relationship to other people. And I think we need to be brave. Uh, and I think we need to seize the moment and have a discussion. You know, you might not get everything you think you need and you want, but you're certainly going to be able to influence the situation to some degree. And uh, as a manager, there's nothing more frustrating than uh, I'm looking for uh, feedback, uh, input on this thing. You know, we're, we're kind of mandated to do uh, X. And so I, I want to know how we can do this or if we should be doing it or whatever. And there's nothing worse than nobody says anything. Then, you know, two months down the line, everybody's complaining. Well, you know what you have now you have an idea. Well, let's talk mm -hmm. about this up front. Like mm -hmm. let's be a participant in this. 
Yeah, definitely. And I would also say if you forgot or didn't do it before and later on you found you got an idea, this is uh, uh, not only will this never be the same as before, it's also going to change. Um, so it's fluid. And therefore, if there's something you didn't say before and you see it again and you really think it's important, bring it forward. And I think this is what most organizations are, the best organizations are going to be doing well is having an ongoing feedback mechanism that they can learn and shift and tweak and move and, and to, to, to move towards what will work for them. I agree. And uh, we've already kind of talked about this from the manager side of things, but don't let the layout of the office separate us. Uh, we've been in, in each other's homes, and when we come back, whether it's uh, uh, in a physical way, in a relationship way, whatever, we I don't think we can allow ourselves to remain separated when we go back to work because you know people are going to have offices, they're going to have little uh, nicks and crannies wherever they work, and uh, people we can slide right back into isolation even though we're together in an office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree. Just have that top of mind. So um, wrap up, words of wisdom. Yeah, no, I just think, yes, like with many things that we've talked about is that, you know, going back into the office, returning to the ivory tower per se, um, it's not going to be the same. And uh, just spend the time, slow down, understand First of all, what you need in order. What, do you, what, what are your intentions? What do you need? What are you trying to create? Uh, what, what do you need to service? So what is that? And then engage people in the conversation to say, you know, hey, this is what we know. This is what we're trying to achieve. How best do we do that in this new environment, hybrid, whatever that might look like? Engage people and then start trying stuff and keep people informed. So it's, it's like, know where you're going and what you need, have a dialogue of how best to do that, uh, engage those conversations, and then begin trying stuff and be open to tweak it uh, through further feedback and ideas. Um, that's going to make this more successful. But if you return to uh, the old school ivory tower of thick carpets, closed offices and uh, uh, where you left, it's not going to work anymore. Closed hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. No, to me, uh, I've always said in this podcast that I love working in partnerships and in small groups. And I found during COVID in those situations in the uh, contract positions that I've been working over the last uh, almost year, uh, I like uh, the fact that some of the walls have dropped down, you know, we've been invited in, into each other's houses and I just like that really good conversation. And, uh, I don't want that to go, to go away. I think, uh, you know, there's so many terrible things happened this year. So many people have lost, but, uh, if we do have good working relationships with people, that good, um, relationship ability to work together, let's not, uh, lose that by the geography that we're working in. And uh, I just think uh, it's one of the few things good that's come out of this, this pandemic and stuff. So uh, listen, uh, we hope that some of what we, we've spoke about you find helpful. 
We hope that we didn't say anything that made you, uh, that you found offensive or made you angry, but Greg, your um, philosophy again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we end all of our podcasts with a great insight that came from a, uh, our coach that I used earlier on and I use today. And that is really that each conversation we hope creates a little bit of joy. In other words, that you recognize there are things that you are, you are on the right track and you're doing some of the right things that are helping to create these kind of environments that we're trying to create that we all want. And you also may have a bit of churn, heard something that either at first you disagree uh, or, or, or maybe you haven't been doing as much and you know you should. Both are great. It's just really decide what you want to do with those things. So we hope there's a little bit of joy, a little bit of churn and in the conversation of today and that you'll take whatever you find best and helpful and begin to apply it to your, your workplace. So Greg, uh, do we have time for a quick shout out? Sure. Bangladesh. Welcome to the Bang- club. Bangladesh. Welcome to the club. That is so awesome. Yeah, in the analytics, we've topped out the uh, they only they'll only show me fifty cities. So I've had to go to. Um, I'm sure we're missing a bunch of cities that be, maybe their numbers aren't quite as big as others. But I went to. Uh, there doesn't seem at this point to be a, a limit on the countries that are listening to us. So I go down there. And I went. Oh my goodness, Bangladesh. That's awesome. Bangladesh. Well, you know what we said all along that you know when you're working with other people, uh, these things are universal. And, uh, and so we, uh, certain that they can be applied and, you know, our mistakes are probably being made in Bangladesh, you know, as, and, and, uh, the things when we've seen or done something right, they're also happening there as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So folks, remember people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.